behavior, bitches. Hey guys, it's Liat. And Casey. I'm here. Yes, I am. Her response latency just sucks ass. You know, we gotta work on that. Today's been one of those days, but today we are here and we are on episode 37. The rhyme for today, I don't think Casey has one. Way past episode 11, and I'm in heaven because there's meatballs <laughs> cooking in my kitchen, and I can't wait to eat them. And I'm oh. in heaven to be here with you guys and our guests today. All right, enough kissing ass. We're so excited for today's episode, but before we start, like before you start with anyone you're working with in general, whether it's in business or in a clinical setting, you got to pair. So we're going to pair ourselves with you to make us love you. I don't know if we're your, uh, I guess you guys are pairing with us because you're giving us the positive reinforcement, whatever. Either way, point is, here is the review of the day. Casey? Take it away. Take it All away, girl. Right. So this is a different one than we we used to do. It's not an Apple. It's not a Instagram message. It's not a Facebook message. It is actually from Hope Bridge Autism Therapy Centers. They put out um, top, I think it was top eight um, best ways to study for the BCBA exam, right? And we were number four studying those ABA, which is also our other thing that we do. Which, if you don't know by the time now, whoo, where now you, you know, yeah, where you been? Now you f and know. So, um, and I just want to read it because it was really sweet. Um, it said number four study notes ABA. Another big hit with BCBAs study notes ABA puts a fun and funny and sometimes maybe a bit off color <laughs> twist on learning with everything from a study collective and mini mocks to a podcast. That's us. If you didn't get that one, and social media tips. Plus, the best-looking notes you've ever seen. This exam prep service has it all. The series of video lectures and live virtual classes break down the foundational knowledge that I found essential to passing the exam, said Hope Bridge BCBA, Sean Cry. So it's kind of a dual shout-out to Hope Bridge and to Sean Cry. Congrats on passing. Thanks for using us. Thanks for the shout-out. It means so much. And bummer, we're number four. We'll look harder. Don't worry. That just increases my MO to be number one. Okay, so for today's episode, we have special guest Zoe Rana, who is a board-certified behavior analyst who's been in the field of ABA for over 14 years. Wow. He started as a behavior technician and eventually scaled two successful ABA companies from startup to acquisition. Zoe understands the perspective of a clinician and a business owner when choosing a practice management and data collection software program. With his extensive background in ABA and software development, Zoe decided to create a user-friendly, robust, and affordable platform. He's passionate about helping other agencies streamline their business so they can continue to provide high-quality services to the clients. This is the ultimate goal and why he has done all the research and seen why a lot of companies fail. So in his free time, which I don't know if he actually has any, we'll ask him soon when we bring him on, Zoe enjoys spending time with his wife and three kids, reading, exercising, and cooking. Welcome, Zoe. What's up, guys? What's up, so, Zoe? Thanks for coming on. That was really professional, by the way. Like, I, I never had anyone read that bio back to me. It sounded really, really good. Yeah, you are. I, I really enjoy your um your bio. I stole it right from your website, which was super easy. Uh, 
I added in a few little things here and there, but all the way from Canada, which we just learned that's where he lives after telling Liat 16 times, um, he's in Canada and he's here tonight with us to talk all about ABA startup companies, entrepreneurship, technology and ABA, and sometimes you might just want to jump off a bridge when you're an entrepreneur. We feel your pain. Oh, yeah. Today was one of those days in particular. Um, but before we get started, let me go over the behavioral principles we'll cover in today's episode that we know of. Obviously, we always go off onto tangents with other behavioral principles, but we have response effort, matching law, reinforcement, duh, punishment, duh, duh. feedback, important, behavior skills training, motivation, that would be MOs. I mean, this is just to name a few, but we're going to get into way more. This is super cool. We're so happy to have you, Zoe. Um, so let's just get started. How did you get started in owning your own business? Or businesses. Businesses. Yeah. So uh, like you said, I was a behavior uh, technician uh, for, for quite some time. Uh, you know, I, I got into the field like most people do. Um, I, I saw, saw an ad, you know, hey, come, come work with kids with autism. And I thought it'd be a really cool opportunity. Um, I, I enjoyed working with people and helping people. So it'd be a different uh, set of tools, uh, set of skills I'd be able to add to my repertoire. Um, and started as a behavior technician. I really enjoyed it. Um, it was really interesting, you know, learning new techniques and learning the science of ABA and seeing progress. And it's the first time I was, you know, taking trial by trial data and and everything. So I just, I, I like the whole thing. I've always been very analytical and, and data driven. And so it was, it was nice to see. So I decided to stay, stay in the field. Um, you know, got my master's, got my BCBA, um, you know, I think, uh, about almost, uh, 10 years ago. Um, and I was Seriously? Wow, a vintage, yeah. a fine wine in this field. It's crazy. I mean, feel, yeah, it's, it's, I know, but 10 years in this field, it's such a young field that, 10 years makes you like a OG almost. Oh man, that's, that's cool. Yeah. The wild, wild west of ABA, I guess at that point, you know, <laughs> Rogue. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and so I, uh, I was a director for a large organization at one point and had some really great mentors and worked with some really great people. And uh, around uh, maybe 2012 is when we had this mandate for services. And I figured, you know, I had enough experience um, I always wanted to own my own, own business, so I just went out there and, and did it. And so I was an independent contractor. From there, I started to get my own clients, and I just started, you know, went in and started my own own company. Uh, but shit, if I, you know, I wish I had known what I know now, I would have done things much differently. But <laughs> I live and you learn. You live and you learn. But, but, you, but uh, that's that's kind of how I got started. So. So what were the steps that took you that you took to become an independent contractor for anyone listening and especially me as I'm sitting here right now? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Listen, so, um, you know, at that time, I, uh, you know, you can say I started my own business, but what I really just did was I became essentially a freelancer, you know, it was a 1099, um, essentially BC, BCBA. Uh, I don't know how kosher that is nowadays. I don't, uh, you know, because of all the stuff going on with the BACB and being a 1099. But anyways, I think that's just for RBTs. I think it's just for oh, RBTs. BCBAs oh, okay. is okay. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. So, so it was a 1099 BCBA working and providing supervision for a lot of companies. There weren't as many BCBAs. 
Um, so if you think there's a you know deficit of ECVAs now, I mean there's there's hardly any um, 10, 10 years ago. So um, it was very high in demand, working with a lot of companies, gaining experiences. And essentially what, what I, I, I do is work with multiple companies, but I wasn't employed by one agency. So it allowed me to kind of diversify um, you know, where, where, I, where I worked. I'm assuming there was no asshole non-compete contracts in place at that time. No, nah, California doesn't fuck around like that. They they'll throw that shit out. <laughs> you know, people don't like uh, so. But and so obviously some people don't know that. But yeah, California is one of those states where it just doesn't, doesn't work. In other states, this may be different. But um, so I I working and uh, eventually you know uh, you know by working at multiple different different companies, I was also then building my business. And I was very transparent with the company I was working with. You know, and and I think that um, we it was a mutual benefit for both you know i told them hey i'm going to be starting my own company but i'm also working with you so hopefully there's no conflict or anything like that and 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 so i, I started my own business while i was working as a, as a as a 1099 um and that was nice because i mean when you when you first start your company uh, if you think billing and reimbursements are bad now I mean, it was a shit show uh, you know probably eight years ago and so it's mm-hmm. and you know we're getting paid and so if i just relied on my business, uh, I, I'd, I'd be broke, it'd be crazy, I'd go bankrupt. Um, so it was nice to have that 1099 steady BCBA income coming in while I was able to to build my business. I think some people may think you just kind of go into this and build insurance companies, you get the money. That's, that's that is fucking false. I will tell you that even today. <laughs> I'm talking some I won't name any insurances, but let's talk about like the latency of delivering the payment for services can take months, honestly, and then they can really deny whatever they want. So it's yeah, like, exactly right. I hear you, and then they'll deny for a variety of different reasons and everything. So it was it was bad. I remember um, it was it was interesting, and people don't usually hear the uh, you know they'll see the the good sides of selling the company and doing well. They don't they don't they don't hear what really goes on. But I, I was sitting. Um, I was sitting at a restaurant with my wife um, and it was when I was doing my 1099 and, and I was funding my business. And I, I remember at that time we were, we, I didn't get paid for around like six to eight months and it was just draining. And I was thinking to myself, maybe I should just quit. I don't even know what's going on. I, I've talked to like very like expert billers and they have no idea what's going on. And I'm just not getting any money for the services that I'm doing. And at that time I had one employee as well. And so it was a really tough moment. Um, I thankfully I stuck around, uh, took some debt on my credit card, and just kind of went <laughs> started moving forward. But uh, it was it was it was a tough kind of dark period, you know, when I got started. For sure. And I mean, that's like those moments you look back on now, and you're like, thank God I stuck with it because something beautiful did come out of it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So you ran a couple of ABA companies, right? I did. That's, what you, that's yeah. how you started, right? Two, I think two successful ABA companies, right? Correct. Yep. And then what the hell do you do now, Zoe? Tell us, tell the world. So now I uh, own and I'm the CEO of a practice management and data collection software company, right? And so uh, our Theralytics, uh, we, we provide um, scheduling, billing, um, you know, reporting, payroll reporting, um, and uh, uh, also data collection software to ABA and other related practices. Yeah. So. You wow. Know how needed that is. Do you know how needed that is in this field? Yeah. 
I'm talking. Clearly he does. He saw an MO. People wanted it. And that's how I think the whole entrepreneur thing goes, right? You see a problem. There's some MO, something going on. And you're like, let me provide a solution. I'm assuming that's what your thought was. Absolutely. And it's interesting being an entrepreneur in that field and recognizing the the issues. And, um, you know, this is, there's, there's really great stockwords out there and everything. But as, as someone that was using it day to day, one of the things I just wanted something very, very simple and easy to use, right, every day. So, um, you know, I, I really created the, the software to also use at one of my older, older practices as well. So that it can be very straightforward, easy to use. Nothing complicated, um, easy design. So that response effort piece really goes into, uh, you know, the the practice management software, right? Um, and having it from the eyes of a clinician, you can really kind of navigate and develop it accordingly. That's amazing. I mean, we had my sister on a, on an episode a long time ago before we became so famous. You know, we were bringing siblings on. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, and she's head of marketing for Weight Watchers. And she was talking to us about this, what they call in marketing, like a frictionless experience, which ultimately is low response effort. And yeah. so do you put that into, in? I mean, first of all, I've used Theralytics before. And so I, I can all right. personally attest that it is easy to use and nice to have that shit organized for you. But is that something that went into... You know, when you're figuring out, are you looking like what can, you know, and you're a BCBA too. So not only are you coming from the outside, you're like, look, BCBAs are busy as hell. Like, that's it. Absolutely. <laughs> there's not, there's not enough BCBAs out there. There's not enough time in the day. Um, and so I'm, I'm assuming that you were able to, you know, step into the, the actual shoes of the individual using this. Absolutely. And, and you said it right, Leah. I mean, these CBAs are incredibly busy, you know, a lot of times overworked and, you know, they, they deal with a lot of shit every day. Right. And so it's, it's, it's quite difficult. I mean, you have, um, you know, as, as a BCBA, sometimes you're doing so many different things. You gotta, you're responsible for that child's program, responsible for that RBT, maybe you're responsible for other people, um, reports, insurance companies, um, getting other stuff in, driving all the time and, and all that. Um, and so not to mention the ethics code. Good Lord. Right, right. right. And God forbid you take a drink of water or something. Yeah. Some like, so to much stress. <laughs> all, all, all sorts of stuff to worry about. Right. Yep. Um, and the last thing you know, you know, is to deal with uh, technology that, that doesn't work. Right. You're, you're going in and you're trying to schedule an appointment and it's not working or it just, you know, it takes, takes you an hour just to figure out a problem that should have just been solved within five minutes. So we, we may not be able to do everything, but we can, at least we can make that part of a BCBA's life much easier. Hell yeah. All right. So before I ask you more entrepreneurial questions, I just want to say for anyone listening, who is the perfect person who this could help? If we have, I told you we're super famous, <laughs> not, <laughs> we're getting there. We're working on it, but who would be the ideal consumer or individual who could be helped? Is it a, is it a BCBA who's practicing privately by themselves? Is it, is it a clinic? Is it a huge company that needs for multiple clinics? What, what is your 
you know, target, 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 uh, dev, <laughs> target <laughs> demographic, or <laughs> it's been a long day, though. Yeah, no, I completely get it. Um, it. I would say all of the above, but a, probably an emphasis on, you know, that BCBA that's looking to maybe start their own practice, right? That's that's a, that's a good one. We, we deal with a lot of BCBAs who want to go and start their own practice, but just don't know how to do it. Right. They're not they're not sure of what you know where to get started. Or maybe the small to mid-sized practice that has some clients, but really didn't start their practice electronically and they maybe started paper-based and now they're transitioning over um, or need advice in terms of where to go and 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 how to further uh, their their business. So definitely I think our niche is definitely in the small to mid-sized market. You know, some of the larger companies probably have their shit together for the most part. And uh, maybe our we'd hope we would that. hope we would we hope. hope yeah yeah they, yeah um, and if they don't we can help them. but um, you know the most I think most uh, most companies we work with are are the small to to, to mid sized uh, providers and it's interesting because the the trend right now and I've been seeing a lot more BCVAs opening their practice you know and it's interesting the amount of resources now. Uh, relative to, you know, when I started, it's amazing. You have all these Facebook groups, these ABA business Facebook groups, and you, you have uh, all these resources and, and everything now. So it's, I, I think a lot more people may be just getting empowered to start their own, own practice or own, uh, own, own business. Yeah. When there's people out there, you know, like Theralytics who, would you say you're kind of that one-stop shopping? Like you you do the performance management or practice management, the data collection, the billing, like that seems like everything to me. Am I missing anything? Absolutely. Absolutely. Definitely. The, the practice management, the, the scheduling, the, we can take care of the billing services, uh, you know, walk you through what you would need to do. Um, also provide you a data collection platform. And uh, really, you know, you have a, a partner, uh, you know, in, in your business that really understands uh, what you've been through twice. That's amazing. Now, what about? Um... Well, I think the only thing they don't do is they can't actually do the direct services. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, we can create a bot or something in the future. But we'll yeah, we'll... a little bot. I like that. But what about? Um, do you help with insurance audits as well? Yeah, absolutely. So, so you know, one of the nice things about having a practice management software is to really be prepared for for these mm-hmm. audits, right? And you know, one of the things that my uh, team is working on is that you have these new requirements coming from Medicaid. Um, which I think a lot of people might not be aware of where, you know, you have to track the, you know, clock in uh, location, the GPS location, the, the clock out GPS location, and the data has to be sent. I mean, this is tough stuff to do if you don't have the right software. Um, but we're, we're ahead of the game here. We, we, we know that's coming as, as, a, as a, you know, former provider, we, we can you know, predict this and understand how this would translate to the everyday RBT and make it easy so it doesn't impact the therapy or the overall business practice. Wait, I have one last question that I need to know. And I'm just doing this because I'm like, okay, you know, a, I was basically Casey, doing do this. not get any ideas of opening your own clinic. You're not leaving <laughs> working with me. Like, so don't answer. I can't have her leave. It's as long as she chooses Theralytics, I mean, I'm happy to. to yeah, right? That. Seriously. Um, no, no, is, no. <laughs> what is your onboarding process in like length of time to learn your system? So our onboarding is in, incredibly quick and easy. And and with us, you know, there's no, 
we don't have any um, onboarding fees or anything, right? We don't have any long-term contracts. You're not trying to get people for a year. If you don't like it, well, okay, you can go somewhere else, I guess. Um, and hopefully you will. Um, but we, we, don't, we don't like to trap people or have that, you know, you have to stay a year or anything. But onboarding is really easy and simple. Uh, only because we we designed it so that it's very user friendly and easy to use. So we always get people come back to us and say, uh, you know, you assigned us to do a few things in onboarding, but we went above and beyond. We were able to do most of it ourselves, and so that's really nice. You know, typically within two to three onboarding um, appointments, we can get people started and and ready to go, scheduling and, and doing whatever they need to do. So I'm sure you have a lot of task analyses and behavior skills training, right, in your experience. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Um, and also, you know, um, you know, we have a, a good team that really goes in to their own platform and everything can be very individualized and it has to be because, you know, depending on which state they're in or which funders or payers that they're using. So really having that knowledge uh, of, of how to run an ABA business makes the process just that much more efficient. So excuse me if I'm yeah. getting too personal. I have, I have, you know, boundary issues. boundary issues. I <laughs> used to good. teach it to clients, but <laughs> I sure as shit don't know for myself. So forgive me if this is too personal, but now that I, you know, have started study notes and somehow become a businesswoman in between mm -hmm. or something um, yeah. and behavior bitches and Casey and I are hustling nonstop all the time. I, you know, I start hearing about, you know, a lot of this private equity you know, backing up these, whether it's ABA companies or, you know, different products to aid helping ABA companies, or I'm sure other things too, but my knowledge is just an ABA space. Uh, I don't know if this is personal again, but I'll ask it because YOLO, are you guys private equity backed? We're, we're not, no, we're not, we're not, we're not private equity backed. Um, that does allow us to, you know, um, and have a little bit more control in terms of what we do. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but uh, when uh, people are working with us, it's nice because a lot of times they can interact directly with me, right? And they can interact directly with our partners and some of the uh, executives here at Theralytics. Um, they don't have to go through multiple people to read somebody. One of the things that most people, if you look at some of our views online, is that we're very responsive. And if there's an issue that we immediately address it, um, so that's a kind of a nice thing for our customers. Okay. I just, I think I asked that cause I'm trying to act like I'm all business savvy now and understand these things. Um, yeah. but I'm just trying to fit in. So, okay, okay. I have a really good question. Yeah. Are you ready for this? Well, not really I'm, good, I'm, but yeah. you're so ready. So let's, Zoe's let's, always do it. let's do it. How the heck do you manage your customer service? Tell us your structure. Tell us how you're so responsive and what that looks like. Yeah. Are you working so, 20, 17 hours every minute responding or is there time frames? I, yeah, it's funny. I think I do just with my phone and everything on all the times. It's, it's, it's tough to get away from it. And, and, you know, I think that uh, sometimes these issues are critical and you just, it's just, it's just the nature of the beast. You just have to be present. You have to be there. Um, there's no way around it. So sometimes I think the, uh, you know, the, oh, what is it? The, I don't even know what you call it. Personal professional is a, that boundary is a name for yeah. that, right? Is something, what is it called? Work-life balance. Work-life balance. Exist. Yeah, I don't even know the name what of that. The, yeah. What the fuck is? I don't, yeah, I don't even know the <laughs> name of that. What is that? that? I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't uh, So, but you know, here's the thing. So, first, first step is to create a software that has 
minimal minimal issues, right? So we're always constantly working, you know, on a preventative strategy to make sure that there are there are minimal issues, um, easy to use, um, you know, thoroughly tested and, and all that. Now, obviously, there's issues that come about. You know, with any software, you're going to have some issues or problems, and it's about really training the people that are around your company to make sure that they can handle the issues, right? Whether it is our um, the chief operating officer or a CTO or, you know, another customer service rep, it's really making sure that they are able to handle most things independently. And if not, then alert us uh, whenever needed. So the, the training piece really helps uh, with our with our customer service. And um, if you go, if you've ever look up uh, Theralytics on Captera or Reviews, you'll notice that's a common uh, theme is that we have a really excellent customer service. That's huge for a business. And I mean, those yeah, software absolutely. setting up things like that, that's like an antecedent interventions, right? You're preparing proactively versus reactively things that may go wrong or, you know, could come up. Okay. Absolutely. So I think, I think we should do a little game right now that I just made up called confessions of an entrepreneur. Okay. And how we're going to play it Ooh. is <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say a huge confession. Our website is so fucked up that the automation is so messed up that it's in, I mean, do you run into these problems as well at times as an entrepreneur to, to get to the perfect, like, okay, like when you're creating a product, are you like, okay, this works, this is reinforced, so I'm going to continue to do more of this in the product, or I tried this out, it was a total failure, so now that punish that behavior or that punish that aspect of the product. Is that something that you see as a, from the eyes of a behavior analyst of, okay, this is working. I'll do more of it. This is not working. We'll do less of it. Have you had to go through that at all? Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, I think uh, all, all across the board. And nice thing is that we can, we, we do a lot of internal testing amongst each other and uh, we, we work with uh, other CT, uh, behavior technicians and, and BCBAs that can really help give us that feedback, right? Um, especially as we were developing our, our, our data collection tool. I mean, there, were, there was some stuff in there that, you know, I, I was just I was just in it all the time. And then I had another BCBA look at it and they're like, I don't understand why the hell you're doing this. This makes no sense. And so it really had to go back to the drawing board and, and, and change things up. So having that feedback before it's released, it's great. And they are always open to feedback from our customers as well. They'll, they'll, most of them will tell you that. So if they say, hey, you know, this needs to be changed or this isn't working for us, our, our software is pretty customizable where we can make those changes for them pretty quickly. So, so now, so I'm assuming <laughs> you have a tech background, right? Yeah, so I absolutely know how to, to code. I understand technology very, very, very well um, and everything. So that was definitely part of it. Um, and it's it's surprising, uh, you know, it's, some people always ask me like, hey, um, how can I as a behavior analyst uh, learn how to code? And I think we could just do a whole segment on how similar the world of behavior analysis and programming are. Um, there's tons and tons of similarities there. Um, but there's so many free resources. I mean, if a behavior analyst wanted to become a programmer, they actually just could. They could go and pick it up. So it takes some work, obviously, but there's a lot of free, free resources out there. That's that's kind of what Carol did for our app. She was like learning to code and she yeah. did a lot of it and worked with someone else. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Cool. I do have a great team, but uh, yeah, I know, I know the basics. Amazing. So what 
do you think, this is for anyone else who's wanting to become, to start a business, be an entrepreneur. Um, what do you think the main behavioral principles that went into you starting your own business? Was it, I don't know, I don't want to give you too many ideas, but matching law, the idea of like, I'm feeling more reinforced when I'm doing my own thing, or I don't know, that's kind of a broad question, but I have a feeling that you could answer it. Oh, that's a tough one. I don't know if I about that too much. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think, you know, um, I have to explain this maybe non, uh, non-behavior analytic way first, and then you go from there. But um, yeah, I, at, at that time, you know, I, I absolutely like what you're saying, Leah. Definitely wanted to do, do my own thing. Wanted, I, I, I think I was at a point in my career where I was like, okay, I'm, I think I'm, I hit the ceiling. What can I do next? And I saw the next natural progression as owning your own company, right? And I think this, I think a lot of BCBAs who may be in director level roles or running uh, regions and, you know, maybe have done the BCBA supervision and supervised BCBAs and then doing some more of the BCBA slash business work for an agency, they get to a point as to like, what next? Do I... Uh, do I change careers? <laughs> you know, I've seen a, I've talked yeah. to a lot of BCBAs. Like, do I just go, you know, get my PhD, or do I go do something else, or you know, do I open my own, own practice? And I was very motivated and driven to to do that. Um, I thought there was a need, and I thought by having my own practice, I'd have um, uh, a lot more control and the services that I provide, the hiring decisions, and everything, and it ended up working out. So. Very cool. I have a question too for other people that are starting their own things, such as us, or have have been, is how do you guys handle um, when you get some like difficult feedback? What is your, um, you know, is there something you meet with the team about? And, you know, you know, you see all these Facebook groups, right? Business builders, all these different ones, you know, you're going to see things like, I hate them. I hate this, blah, blah, blah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's funny because when I first started my first business, I used to take that shit so personally. I think a lot of people know this. Like, I'm really bothered when uh, people didn't like my business or I got that feedback from a client that, hey, this RBT isn't working out, right? Mm-hmm. Or, hey, um, we, we need, you know, we didn't like what's going on here. No matter how much I tried, um, you know, it just, this wasn't working. And so I used to take that really, I used to perseverate on it at the end of the day and, and just think about, man, what could I have done differently? Um, but, you know, as, as I started to, uh, you know, get more into my business, one of the things that I, uh, you know, I, I as a uh, personal philosophy, I don't know if you guys heard of the four agreements before. Uh, right? I have. Um, yeah. Okay. So I really started to read that and started resonating. One of the ones is like, don't take anything personally. Right. And that part of the number two part of the agreement really helped me with my business in terms of interacting with clients, because, you know, it's so true because, you know, nothing really others do is because of you. That's not, it's not a personal attack. You got to deal with the problem at hand. And, and so that, you know, some, it's, a, it's a really, the four agreements are really simple, end, but it's really helped me in dealing with some of that negative feedback. Um, and I think a lot of it is controlling your own reactions first to it. Take, you know, taking a deep breath, taking a step back and all right, how can I, how can I fix this? I, I'm, at the end of the day, that client may leave or may choose to go somewhere else, but let me, let me see what I can do to fix this problem and also fix any issues. So maybe future people won't have this problem as well. 
Absolutely. That's great feedback. Easier said than done, but it's, it's a work in progress. So no, I'm kind of like that too. And when I'm learning a lot more, like, if, you know, especially with the podcast, where it's an open forum platform and you, you know, say things that you never thought would ever offend someone like two words put together and close like contiguity. Right. But that wasn't yeah. the way it was meant and trying to almost, um, you know, just always address the situation and exactly deal with the problem at hand. It's not like a problem with me. It's like, oh, let's talk about this and let you know what I did mean. And um, yeah, yeah, Casey's working on that. I don't want to call her out on her problems, but she, she, you actually have gotten a lot better. She Thank would take, you. she would take feedback and be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they said this. And I'd be like, you know, I'd be, no, that's what I'd be like. Yeah. We're never recording a podcast again. I'm quitting. I'm losing my license. I'm losing my license. <laughs> this, I'm, I can't be a BCBA anymore. I'm going to lose my license. They're going to pull it from me tomorrow. And I'm like, coming Casey. for you. Yeah. I'm like, girl, 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 girl. They got fraudulent billing to get on. They're not going to come to you because you had two words that were close to each other. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so funny but not yeah, if they have I mean, their analytics not if they have their analytics they no, can keep no, that no. shit in check they can they absolutely absolutely can but um that one that one hits on that question is is a is something that i think that especially um being in tech and then like you said you go on those groups and they're like yeah i don't think we have one yet but i'm prepared for it if it does happen <laughs> so i am sure it will happen as we continue to grow because not everybody was going to be happy with your services and you just kind of have to deal with it so. this is my quote ready for this not right, everyone's going to like you. You're not pizza. That's what I've seen. I, I saw this on a billboard once. And I'm like, sure oh. everybody likes pizza? So. <laughs> yeah, it does. It's, it's Casey, I, I'm not trying to be behavior analytic about this, but this seems <laughs> like you're not taking into account different individuals' reinforcers. Yeah. Whatever. It was on a billboard, so it's yeah. right. I'm not having philosophical doubt. I'm totally just like buying into the Kool-Aid. <laughs> All right. Well... So we were definitely going to put information in our show notes about where you could go to find out more about Theralytics. And hopefully this inspired some people just, you know, about the idea of entrepreneurship. I could tell you right now, is it easy? Hell effing no. Can you turn off ever? Hell effing no. Do you give up a nine to five to work 5 a.m. to 11 p.m. every night? Yes. But just looking at matching law, and Zoe, you could agree or disagree with any of the statements I'm saying. Um, looking at matching law, I can tell you that the the level of reinforcement that I come into contact with, with doing my own thing where I feel, you know, like working in this power team with Casey or whatever it is, is so rewarding. And I think just putting it out there that there are technologies to help you if you want to go do your own thing in ABA or, you know, that you almost have a teammate there on your side to start. So, I mean, that's all I have to say. Com completely agree with that. I, I, I completely agree. And you're right about the 5 a.m. to 11 p.m. stuff and, 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 you know, probably late hours in the day and people are like, well, and, you know, get gray hairs and, and all that and just not enough sleep all the time, bags in your eyes. But shit, I, would, I wouldn't you know, leave it. I wouldn't leave it to go work nine, like eight hours a day, um, you know, with another company. Um, you know, I, I'm going to continue probably building more businesses. And I, I, I really enjoy being an entrepreneur. Um, and I enjoy ABA. So it, It's automatically it. reinforcing, like there is like a high Absolutely. you get from doing your own thing. Is there not? Absolutely. I mean, there's, there's some really shitty lows, but yeah, the eyes are great too. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You got to balance that shit out, right? It's all about well, that work-life balance. 
we keep going for that variable ratio of like, am right. I going to be reinforced? But when I do get reinforced, it feels so effing good. Right. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So it was uh, good. I was going to say a big takeaway for me talking with you is you're a company, right? You are, you've created a, a niche for things that we need as BCBAs. And you're a freaking BCBA with 14 years experience. So that is huge. Like that is like a, a major um, selling point for me. Well, I'm so happy we were able to have you on, Zoe. Thank you so much. Guys, you know where to find us. You could find us on Instagram at Behavior Bitches Podcast. You could find us on Facebook at Behavior Bitches Podcast. And you could find us online at www.behaviorbitches.com. Go ahead, leave us a five-star review. I'll be more than delighted. And I'll probably smile really big when I see it. We live for that reinforcement. So thanks for tuning in. As always, love you. Mean it. Hey, guys, it's Liat. And Casey. We just want to take a second to let you know that if you're thinking of being a millennial like us and starting your own podcast, there is a way. You can do your show without having to become an audio editing and production wizard. Because guess what? We don't know shit with that. But we have Alan at Pretty Easy Podcast who helped us get started. He records our shows. He posts them. He adds awesome, awesome music and cool shit when we don't even know what he's doing. He sends us teaser episodes. He does it all. We just sit here and friggin' talk. We shoot the shit and you can record from home, your office, the park, a bathroom stall at work. It doesn't matter. He provides the complete podcast studio. All you need is a microphone and you're good. Alan caters to your schedule and gives you a producer for your show at your beck and call. He has been super flexible with our schedule. Whenever we need super. him, we go to Google Calendar. We just book him and he does all the hard work. It's like so incredibly easy. That's why it's probably called Pretty Easy Podcast. So be heard and have some fun podcasting like us. Go to prettyeasypodcast.com today. Today.